When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. In this episode of the Mixing Music Podcast, we did a long interview with my good friend Riyadh out in L.A. who is interning and assisting for Grammy Award-winning producer Omas Keith. Because of the length of this episode, we have decided to split it into part one and part two. Please stick around to hear the entire thing. One, two, three... Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host DK and we have a very, very, very special episode with a good friend of mine from high school. I think I mentioned his name in a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, My good friend Riyadh, uh, producer named Bad Boy Riri. (laughs) Sorry, what's up Riyadh? How you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. Chilling. Awesome. Yeah, quarantined. Oh, everything is so weird right now. Um, can you Absolutely. tell us where you're based out of right now, where you're calling from, and how everything's going out there? Yeah, um, I'm from uh, Hollywood, California. Um, pretty much, uh, it's just quiet, man, to be honest. <laughs> Are there people outside? Uh, barely. It really looks like a ghost town, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing that I see is, like, a, if you go to, like, Trader Joe's, there's like lines going like outside of the building, like people just standing in line because like they have to have that like space or whatever in between people. So yeah, yeah. Other weird. than that, it's been like really quiet. This is such a weird time, and like you're in the middle of it all right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that this is going to be a very interesting episode. Um, for producers, because Riyadh is a producer, and um, for engineers, for anybody that's looking to expand their career to kind of push the envelope a little bit, um, because Riyadh has done something that, I, as I was saying a little bit before we started recording, that is honestly quite brave, really brave, really risky from an outside perspective, um, that I think from my eyes at least, seems to have had and continues to have amazing returns for you. And um, so a little bit about Riyadh. Uh, Riyadh and I, we were in bands in high school. We grew up, we did, I did high school in Virginia where Riyadh was at the time. Um, that's where we graduated high school. And we were in bands doing music together. Like, I think, to be honest, like I was the weird one within the whole band scene because I didn't really listen to rock music. I was kind of a hip hop head. And I think you were one of the only people that could like relate to me on that level during that time, even though we were both in bands, right? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And it was it was a really awesome way of growing up. One thing that I decided to do that was different from Riyadh 
is that I decided to, um, I mean, we both decided to go to college for music, which I want you to talk about that. But I decided to start a company and continue to push the envelope and grow and learn where I am from my own, like from building a company myself. And that has sucked. That has been awesome. Riyadh took a totally different path. Can you tell us about what happened, what you did, and kind of your experience through everything? Yeah, it's funny that you said it sucked and it was awesome, by the way. Because like, I feel like it's the same thing for me on my end. It sucked, but it's still like really awesome. So what is it um, that you did? So yeah, so uh, it all started out when obviously in high school, like I played in a lot of bands. Um, I did like this thing called the coffee house at my school where I would have to like build PA systems and like help host shows, like put bands together, like doing that whole thing and like performing, writing songs and stuff like that. But it led me to um, actually go to a school in Maryland called Omega. Uh, it's an audio engineering school. Obviously, like I'm a brown kid, so my parents obviously wanted me to go to school and like learn something that sounded really cool and um, I don't know, money making, I guess. <laughs> and so I came up with this scheme. I was like, you know what? I'm already learning sound like you know, I'm already working in like engineering and stuff and engineering sounds like a really cool thing, like a really like money making thing. I'm an engineer. <laughs> so I told my parents, I want to like, I want to be an audio engineer. And they're like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. Like <laughs> it's lit. And so they were so cool with it. And I told them like, hey, like there's this school in Maryland, like uh, I want you to come with me and like check it out and like do the whole um, like walkthrough and stuff. Did I lose you? Oh yeah, cool. I, I wanted to do this whole walkthrough with you guys. And so they went and, you know, they saw me on the console. Like it was this like, uh, it's a, it was a Neve um, 88, I think. Um, and it was the Neve from the Skywalker Ranch, which if, if you guys know me, if anybody listening knows me, I'm like obsessed with Star Wars. Like Star Wars is one of my favorite movies of all time. And so them seeing me like absolutely ecstatic to like be there and like just want to like learn and stuff like they were so for it and I think that was like the biggest thing for me because I tried to go to Berkeley College of Music I actually like did the road trip and did the interview and got in and all that stuff but without like my parents like like uh help and approval and just like being involved in like the process I don't think it would have worked out with Omega um obviously they weren't um for the whole Berkeley thing. It was just way too expensive for me, like coming from where I'm at, like middle class, you know, parents like from two different countries, like coming to America, me being the first generation American. Like it's it's uh it's definitely hard for like someone like me coming from where I'm at and especially being in Virginia. Um, I don't know if you guys know about Virginia, but there's not a lot of like engineering schools or like music, like recording, like, like artistry like schools like there's just like uh james madison and shenandoah which like james madison is like not my scene and shenandoah is like way too expensive because it's like a private school um so 
it was just like really hard to find like the next step, like after high school. Like I loved music. I wanted to do it. How do I do it? Went to this school. Finally. Um, and then from there, like I started like while being in school, I was also like like working, like doing freelance work and stuff like that, which I've been like super blessed to like gain those opportunities just off whim. It's it's crazy. Um like the people that you meet just like when you like do the things that you like genuinely love and care about like and having that positive attitude always like just wanting to like work wanting to like like just get the next gig get the next gig like just be better every single time like um one of my mentors he always says you're you're only as good as your last gig so like that is something that I like take like into an account every time that I like take on a gig and people like really saw that like level of professionalism and what I was doing at the time. So I would always just get like another gig and another gig and another gig, um, like working for the president, working for like, um, you know, corporate events, like, I don't know, like what it like Visa, Chevy, like Chevy Chase Bank, like um, working like uh, at night at the Smithsonian and, and setting up a whole like thing, which was super cool for me. but it wasn't my passion. And so um, when I was there and I was doing all of those things, like, you know, you get paid, like, you, you know, you're, you're financially secure. Um, you know, you have a home to like go to and like all of those things are so good. And like, those are things I definitely miss. And like, that's kind of going into like the good and the bad of like what I did. Um, the, the the steps that I took and and where I got to um but yeah so it w- it just wasn't my passion it was something like where I was like every time I had free time I would just go home and like make music like record all the time like 24/7 like people would ask me like hey do you want to go out and I'd be like yeah I can't like I'm recording you know that that was something that um that was kind of like my me time you know because I, I spent so much time like doing like the engineering stuff on this on the side. Well, not really on the side. It was pretty much like a full time thing, and so it was kind of weird. So one day I was like on Instagram. I was following this guy named Omas Keith. If you guys don't know who Omas Keith is, um, definitely Google it. But I'll just give you like a quick like rundown. Um, he's the engineer, producer, and co writer of Channel Orange and Blonde. Uh, he's like the reason Frank's tracks like album sounds the way it does. Like um, me being in the room with this Omas Keith guy, like I know those drums like were Omas. Like I know like those like melodies were Omas. And so it's it's really crazy. So I I just messaged him on Instagram. He like had this like um story where this guy asked if he could intern. And so um he said yes and i was like oh well you know i'm gonna try that too like why not let's see um so at a whim i just i was like hey can i like intern for you and like after that like i didn't expect anything from it like i was just like you know sometimes you just do those kind of things you just message people like not expecting i think i messaged pharrell like three times you know because <laughs> <laughs> I, I freaking love pharrell obviously um so yeah, so uh, three months went by and, you know, it was kind of getting to a place where I was like, oh man, like I'm not being fulfilled. Like 
I don't know what's next. Like, I was feeling that, like, doubt, you know, with music, but I just knew, like, I don't know what else I can do. Like, it, it was just kind of that, um, uh, there is no plan B kind of oh, mentality. Burning the boats. So, yeah, honestly, like, you know, and, and, and it's great. Like, I, I'm really thankful for some of the people that, like, have helped me along the way and just, like, pushed me, like, to, like, continue, like, not give up that kind of mentality um and you know honestly it's it's people like you like uh that do these podcasts and like people that do like videos and stuff like that that's what i would be doing like 24 7 like i would be making music working and then like watching these interviews like documentaries things like that motivational speeches um virgil abloh was a big one for me of course Um, huge guy like he did this uh i think he did a a a speech at uh harvard and that was just like incredible him just talking about his process like how he just takes like 10 percent, like changes 10 percent of 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 a product and it becomes his thing you know and like those were like and and how he talked about art was really what like motivated me like i would watch these like live shows of like bands and all I would want to do is like pause it and start playing like those were things that were like motivating me um there was this one video specifically talking about um just like how to become a um how do I say like a a professional artist or writer or something like that along the lines of that and like it was saying you know you just have to show up to the desk and so what I'm trying to get at is those things were motivating me because the people around me um, weren't at that level. You know, like, you know how, I don't, I don't know if you get this, you have the same experience, but um, you have people around you, but they're not really like in your field or like professional, like doing it for real, for real. You know, that feeling like when you know someone's like doing it, you know yeah no so I like know you exactly trust them 100 they'll be like yo go mop that floor and you're like yes that's how i succeed you know what i mean so those kind of people weren't around me because i was like in virginia like you know like i love virginia and virginia you know missy elliott timberland pharrell like the list goes on like d'angelo but those people weren't everywhere so like having those people like online to like mentor me and guide me and push me to continue and continue. Um, very thankful for that. And so, you know, three months went by and it's really weird. Omas texts me and he's like, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> Omas Keith, like, you know, you know, like you see on your, uh, your messages, like, the name of yeah, the person yeah you i'd be freaking see, out like, the me- yeah I, well to be honest like i literally like blocked that whole conversation out like me messaging him like i forgot about it and so like i get this message omas keith and i'm like omas keith who's omas keith i'm like oh shoot like i immediately react i'm like oh shoot this is omas keith he just said yes and i'm at work I'm at work. I'm talking to like my bosses, telling them about um, this uh, this interview that I just had the, the day before that I said no to. 
because it was uh, it was actually a job at my old school, and they were asking me to be a teacher. And they were gonna hire me, give me like a whole like four hundred one k like medical everything, all the benefits, and I had to say no to that. And the next day, the absolute next day, he just messages yes. So like I'm just blown away. Me coming from a place where you know that those kind of things just don't really happen every day and you know i'm just like oh shoot uh um what do i have to do and he's like come to hollywood lol like he's so chill and yeah. i'm like freaking out you know <laughs> so like and this guy's like one of my heroes like if you hear his production like he's definitely one of my heroes so um, I'm talking to my boss about it. I'm like, what should I do? And he's like, you got to take this. This is like once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm like, you're right. So like, I'm like, hey, but I'm telling them like, I don't have any money. Like, I don't really know what to do. Like, you know, I still have a car, you know, that I need to pay off. Like I had a leased car. Highly don't recommend leased cars, guys, unless you're <laughs> like rich. Okay, <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. So yeah, like, so we like developed a quick plan. He was like, just ask him if you can come in the spring and like, so that you can pay off like bills and stuff. So I asked him like, Hey, can I come like in the spring, like in April and like, so that I can pay off my car bill and everything. So I can be like prepared to like move. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I'm like, awesome. So, and then I'm like, thank you so much. Like I'll email your manager and like send him my resume and my portfolio. Like I'm just like trying to be as professional as possible. So he knows I'm serious about this. Cause you know, there's, it's one thing where someone's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And then another thing when someone actually does it, you know? So I really wanted to prove myself. So from there, um, I messaged his manager and he got back to me in like 10 minutes, which is like awesome. And like, that was a, you know, that was like a strike one. You're doing like, you're doing the right thing, you know? And he's like, oh, uh, I'll link you to um, Omas's day-to-day manager, Jonah. And so I'm like, okay, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the time and all this stuff. Like thinking back to all of the like emails, like the perfect emails that I've written to people, you know, like, and so, um, you know, I talked to Jonah and she's like, yeah, I'll get back to you or whatever. And I don't want to put her under a bus or anything. Like she's busy all the time. And like, now that I'm here, I understand like they're so busy all the time. They have like 10, 12 things that they're working on at a time. So I didn't get, I didn't hear anything back from Jonah. And so that like freaked me out. I was like, oh man, I just got this opportunity and it's like not going to happen. Like, oh shoot, like I'm freaking out. Like, and so my plan, I was like, you know, once a week, I'm just going to make a ton of beats and send them to her and just like keep sending her beats, like just new beats every week, like millions of beats. So I'm like hearing Kanye, like, five beats a day for three summers, you know, like I'm like in that mentality, like I'm going to make beats. Like that's my goal. Like make beats, send them to her, make beats, send them to her. Dude, it took like, it took so long, like four months of me doing that. I think almost four or five months of me just doing that 
once a week to finally getting an interview with this man mm. like um on whatsapp so with this man is being being omas yeah man omas so i finally get the opportunity to be on whatsapp and i totally screwed up my phone battery is at one percent i'm at my girlfriend's house at the time and there's like no place that's quiet and there's no charger and I'm like, oh, shoot, but, like, I, I need to do this. Like, I, this is the only opportunity. So I get on the phone, and the first thing I see is, like, uh, Omas Keith's, like, um, avatar, like, image of him. And so uh, his image is of him with his eyes closed, and he has, like, this light blue paint on his face. And I got freaked out. I was like, yo. And the first thing I say to Omas is, dude, I thought you were dead. <laughs> and that was like literally the first thing. <laughs> oh my Horrible. gosh. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were dead. And like, he doesn't respond. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh shoot, I hope you didn't hear me. So I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Like try to change the subject immediately. And so he's like, hey. And the conversation is so simple. It's like, you got Pro Tools? Yeah. You got a laptop? Yeah. Do you have like a way of sustaining yourself while you're out here? Yeah. Like, and I had to say yes, no, like, yes, sir, whatever. Yes, sir, no, sir kind of mentality because I was only at 1% and I wanted to get to the end of the conversation where he like either tells me I'm coming or not. So he got weirded out. He was like, okay. Because I guess he's just not used to like people saying yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. And I'm, like, from, like, Virginia, right by D.C., like, military everywhere. Like, that's, like, a sign of respect. Like, that's normal, you know? So, like, me with my country accent, yes, sir, you know? And so, finally, he's like, well, you know, we, we'd love to have you in April. Um, just follow up with Jonah to, like, sign an NDA and all this stuff, and we'll be good to go. And I'm like, oh, shoot, it's happening. Cool, thank you so much for the opportunity. Great, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. It's actually happening. I signed the NDA like the next day. And so this is where I had to like prep because now it's actually happening. And this is where it's like crazy because, you know, you, you're like in that grind mode. Like I'm going to so- send beats. I'm going to send beats. It might or might not happen, but I'm going to send beats. And that's the mentality. Like one plan. This is what I'm going to do. Focus on this. And for it to like now switch to like, okay, now it's happening. What do I do next? Dude, I had like $3,000 in my bank account, which if you guys know anything about LA, like it's expensive, like super expensive. So I'm like, I have no money. I have to pay off my car. Like I have to, I have to pay out of my lease yeah you know and i just had so much like financial things like pushing me back i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this short i got the day before i leave i end up making like quadruple that amount of money wow from people yeah and i was working at a church at at the time i was working at the church for five years whilst also doing like um like freelance work on the side and 
like people just would bless me. They'd be like, here's $50. Here's like $100. Here's $500. Like random people that like maybe I talked to like once or I was like working with their child because I was, you know, being the, you know, technical director and I, I was working with kids ages, what, like 13 to like adults ages like 70, you know? Um, and I don't know why, but they did and they helped me. And I got to a place where I was financially secure enough to make that jump. And the only thing in the back of my head that I was thinking about making that jump was, you know, there are people that have done this. And I could think of like one person at the time, which was one of my teachers back at Omega. His name's Peter Novak. He, um, he actually worked on Outkast's speaker box. He was the engineer for that whole album. And he was able to like move from Maryland to Larrabee uh, Studios in LA and intern there and just like mop up the floors until he got to a place where he could actually engineer and was on this huge record and worked with a lot of huge artists. And that was in the back of my head. I was like, I'm about to do what this guy did. What, like, when I was sitting in the room, like, what, listening to him talk about that, like, telling myself, like, I want to do that one day, you know? And so it finally happened. And so I get to L.A. and, like, the first thing is, like, okay, where am I going to live, you know? So, like, I'm reaching out to people that I kind of know, like, in L.A. Like, one guy, his name's David, um, that, uh, like, went to school with me in Maryland. Uh, another guy named Elliot, who um, was the son of this pastor that was friends with my boss that I kind of, like, met somehow. And he's, like, a huge fan of John Mayer, and we kind of linked that way. You know, reaching out to just some random people that maybe I talked to, like, once or twice, but, like, I was desperate, man. Like, I didn't know what to do. So, like, people were like, oh, Craigslist, whatever. Finally got to Craigslist, um, and I found, like, a place for, like, what, $600? And, like, I was like, this is the best I'm going <laughs> to, like, $600 in L.A.? That's, like, that's crazy. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I roomed with these, like, two Russian guys. It smelled like hot dogs. It was gross. Like, it, like, the carpets, like, smelled moldy like the floors were like covered in like gross like it looked like like oil or something like I like scrubbed the floors dude like to try to get the smell out it just wouldn't work like yeah it was gross dude yeah. it was the worst you did something that um I think 99% of people including myself what are not even brave enough to understand that it's even an option, which is to a certain degree, drop everything and go learn from someone, you know, have the humility to realize like, I want to learn. I'm going to go intern for somebody being an intern is to a certain degree. Like it's kind of like being the toilet cleaner, right? Like that's kind of the image. Like that's who you are like nice. in a social aspect. Like, but at the same time, you took that on the nose. You were humble enough to realize this is going to help me. This is going to be the best pace for my growth. And you did not fear. You ran out and nothing stopped you. There's never like, I really believe that there's never an opportune moment for anything. 
Like if you really want something, you have to make moves. And as you make moves, things will start to adjust around you, right? And for you, I think you're kind of like, you're, you are the perfect example of that. Where, sure, I decided to stay here where I am, just right outside my college campus, set up a business and continue to work. And it's been great. And I've, I've done the best that I can here and I'm continuing to grow and learn from it. And it was the best path for my trajectory of growth, for learning, right? Now I'm forced, in order to keep the lights on, I have to be working on music 80 hours a week or else my business gets shut down and I can't pay rent, you know? Um, and that was a great way to force myself to learn. Um, but sure, I might be working too hard. Where for you, you did something that I could not do, which was have the guts to drop everything and move to someplace that might be a better place. There's actually one of the greatest pieces of advice that Leslie Brathwaite gave me. He's like, sometimes it's not your engineer that's keeping you from continuing progressing your career. He told me directly, he said, DK, sometimes it's where you're located that's keeping you from progressing your career. And that thought has been hitting me so hard for the last year. And um, I was actually planning on moving to LA inspired by you, inspired by Leslie to try to go start from the bottom of the barrel again and try to intern for someone. And then this whole coronavirus thing hit, which is really weird, but you did something so brave and so incredible. Can I ask you, and I think a lot of the listeners will want to know too, you staying home versus watching videos, making content from home versus you dropping everything, moving to LA, how has it impacted your career? Oh, uh, um, yeah. So being in Virginia, there was kind of a, a ceiling, to be honest. I was doing everything I could to be an artist and like produce artists and that sort of thing. But there was like a limit, you know? Um, and I felt that. And that's why I felt so stuck. You know, being in Virginia, I loved it. Loved family, friends, going out, whatever. But like for music, I knew that was what I wanted to do with my life. And I just didn't see it happening there. And when I moved to LA, I swear to you, I did exactly what I do every day, exactly what I did in Virginia, but with so many more benefits. Like it's ridiculous. Like honestly, Bro, I, like, worked for the president. Like, I worked with all these people, like, these big people. And it did not feel real. Like, and then I moved here, and it felt like I had, like, I started over. Like, I just started. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like everything I did prior to moving out to L.A. was, like, not even, like, me starting that was like practice and this is like reality and it's like i'm fortunate to say because like you know one of my goals in life is to like bring that energy back to virginia i want that there like i want to see people like want to help each other and like grow together and like not overthink like all the like details too much and like just focus on like creating and like growing like it's just been such a like a great learning opportunity being here and like working with these producers that like make big records and like working with artists that are like big artists yeah every day 
This is the end of part one of my interview with Riyadh out in L.A. If you'd like to hear more, please stick around for part two, where we kind of go over more of the benefits of being an assistant and intern out in L.A. for Omas Keith. If you'd like to take advantage of my free online PDF guides, videos, uh, mixing help tips, etc., please check out my website at links.dkmixes.com. That is links.deekeimixes.com. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show.